Welcome to Africa for Zero Waste podcast, where we have a thought-provoking conversation about zero waste shared by real people implementing solutions across Africa. My name is Sureshni Ryder, and today we'll discuss how civil society organizations can work better with waste pickers. We will be joined by our special guests, Asipile Kanile and Maritlare Kuena. Let's get started. On the show, we're excited to have Asapile Kanile, a waste campaigner at Groundwork. She's based in Durban, South Africa, and Maritlare Koena, a member of the South African Waste Pickers Association based in Paul, South Africa. Hi, Asapile and Maritlare, and welcome to the first episode of the Africa for Zero Waste podcast. I want to start us off with some definitions for common terms that will probably come up during our conversation today. Like, what does it mean to be a waste picker? Hi, Shoshi. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, being a waste picker, it means um, waking up early in the morning, pulling a trolley, going to pick up the recyclable materials. It's either on the streets or on the dark side. Um, and extract as much as you could for the day. And after extracting, you need to stop whatever that you took out and go to sell at the end of the day. For the purpose of uh, providing for your family, by the way. And, you know, someone who makes a living out of um, waste, what people call waste, that's waste people. What does zero waste mean, Asipile? Zero waste means basically it's um, it's a systematic change. So firstly, we must look at how do we move to what we call as the business as usual. So whereby we extract natural resources, we produce them, we consume them and dispose them anyhow. So zero waste meaning that in terms of waste, we must move from the linear way of managing waste to a more circular approach. So it means that conserving and protecting our resources. So that comes with how do we extract our oils, but also it talks about, you know, production phases, the design of our products. Let's not make products that are actually going to cause waste in the end. So for instance, your single-use plastic, your sachets, or your multi-layer plastics. But it also talks about the consumption phases. So we're looking at how we reuse and recover reusable uh, materials. And that component is actually more, you know, integrated with waste pickers. Zero waste also talks about there should be no burning or incineration of waste because automatically that actually contributes to climate change, but it also it disrupts and destroys, um, for instance, destroys the livelihoods of waste pickers. So zero waste is an integral approach on how we need to like do things in a systematic way. We need to feed back into the system instead of always taking out into the system. So there are main components that we can use as an example. So for instance, when you're talking about separation of source, some may be doing the composting of organic waste. So you have, for instance, waste pickers reusing and collecting your recyclable materials. These are all components of what we call um, zero waste. And I think the main goal with zero waste is that we should not send waste to landfills. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Asapile, for those definitions. Thank you, ladies. Can you tell us about some of the social, environmental, and economic benefits that waste pickers contribute to our society? With waste pickers, I think I'll start with the environmental benefits. Waste pickers contributes a lot in terms of diverting of what we have seen would be your marine pollution, your land pollution of waste, and they divert away that away. And also we, for instance, building, for instance, a new landfill because there's too much waste being produced, that cost the society or taxpayers money. So with waste pickers diverting recyclables materials away from landfill, they are saving that space, So which means they are saving costs. But looking at also socially, waste pickers actually contribute to our public health as societies because we get to stay in areas that are clean because waste pickers they don't just start going from you know use um, CBD but they start working from their communities their homes so imagine that value chain where they actually start collecting the recyclables and economically with waste pickers the industry of waste um, for instance particularly in recycling it's growing it's thriving and it's because they are actually the first people that get contacts with recyclables and it's because of them this economy keeps on growing and that is very important because even municipalities get to benefit and I think that the overall when you're combining all these benefits we understand that without waste pickers you know being amongst us in societies or in our industries there would be a lot of waste that is uncollected and we know that uncollected waste can actually lead to you know health hazards it leads to also you know environmental degradation so it is actually an overall benefit that we actually need waste pickers and we need them to be integrated into our systems so Maddie, who is the south african waste pickers association the South African uh, Waste Pickers Association is an organization of waste pickers across the country that represents individuals and the groups of waste pickers who are working at the ground. And um, it, it fights for their rights and recognition. And again, the aim is to, to protect waste pickers and prevent and, and defend their rights and protect their interests um, as the people who are working at the ground and at the sunset and at the street collecting the waste and earning income from that waste by selling all the recyclable materials um, in South Africa as part of, of recycling. That's part of the mission. So, and what challenges do waste pickers face in South Africa? There are so many challenges that we face, Siren. Um, like, for instance, right now, uh, last week, Tuesday, there was um, a, a landfill collapse in Andale in Dover under um, Johannesburg Metro, where waste pickers um, uh, died there. Um, on Friday, there was a body of female that was found dead, but there are still more bodies or people who are not yet been found, which is the challenge of waste pickers who are working um, at, at the landfill. Meaning, if, if our municipality would take the integration of waste pickers seriously, the incidents like those wouldn't happen because um, children 
There's no one speaker who wants to work the whole of her or his life at the landfill. We do want the conducive conditions of working. Our former municipality can build the material recovery facility that has the hygiene and sanitation, that has the running of water, where people can work conducively rather than working on where um, they endanger our lives. That's our, our first challenge that we face to see that our municipality doesn't take the integration of waste pickers seriously. Secondly, uh, is the recognition. Uh, waste pickers are not yet recognized because some of them are still working under oppressed uh, laws of municipality without being consulted when anything is decided. They are taken uh, decisions for, they are not um, um, maybe consulted to ask what you think you can do for yourself. Those are the challenges that we're facing because we want to sit around the table with municipality because they can hear what we think can work better for us instead of thinking that this is what will help us. That's uh, another, another uh, uh, challenge that we have. Another challenge is stigmatization. stigmatization. We're working in the community who their mindsets still um, think that being a waste speaker is because you are homeless or you are in fact addict, which is wrong because they don't understand what is waste speaking. It's another challenge because some of waste speakers, they get being, they, uh, get being uh, assaulted because they think uh, are people who are there to steal. That's the reason why we say oh, people need to know who are the waste pickers working in their street. We need to know that in street number one, Maddie is working there and she is the waste picker. We need to have the communication with our society. We need to have the interaction with the people who are sitting on the street that we working on. That is another challenge that we face the stigmatization of waste pickers by the community that we see. Thank you very much. in your work as a waste campaigner, what are some of the ways you're working with waste pickers? So with us, um, Groundwork works very closely with the South African Waste Pickers Association on the ground. And um, we work, for instance, we want to make sure that waste pickers' voices are heard. So in spaces such as your parliamentary committees, your government spaces, we ensure that waste pickers are there and they're represented because that is where your policy changes and you need to negotiations that is where they happened but most importantly um for instance in your local zero waste projects like the one that i'm involved in in the warwick zero waste project we work with waste pickers because we understand that they are the experts in waste they understand what is this um for instance material how is it recycled how much is it value and that we hold that um waste pickers have knowledge that is beyond us so we also then you know link waste pickers to communities on the ground in order for instance to enhance your separation at source to make sure that we all work towards diverting for instance your the waste that is not meant to be um sent to your landfills but also groundwork does 
work closely with SALPA to be linked as a waste picker movement, to be linked to other waste picker movements, um, for instance, in the African continent and in other, for instance, um, countries outside Africa. That is very important because we are going to show and demonstrate that in terms of for you to have zero waste practices working, you need to have waste pickers integrated into, for instance, your systems. Yes. What are some of the demands that waste pickers have? Thank you, Sorev. Uh, some of the demands that we as waste pickers want um, is to, to see that there is a meaningful engagement of waste pickers in every decision making. We don't want our government to assume what we want, but we want to be engaged to every decision maker to every roundtable discussions so that we can say it on our own what is what is going to be good for us we normally say so nothing for us without us that means you cannot decide for me in my absence you need to talk to me so that we can hear what i want what i'm willing to see happening that is why we're saying that another thing is we, we demand our local government to make sure that waste pickers receive the infrastructures where there will be the drop centers where waste will be dropped off and the recyclable material. If there are drop centers, community will know where this, the recyclable should go and where there may be bioorganic bio uh, uh, waste should go. But if there is no uh, the, the drop centers, everything is being collected in one bag. And the thing that we say, zero waste to, to landfill, it won't happen. Because now, the community will collect everything and send it to the landfill. But if there are those drops, uh, drop-off centers, people will know where to send um, their, their, their sub-level materials or their dry waste. Now, um, another thing is, those material recovery facility, uh, uh, we want them to be owned by, by waste pickers because waste pickers know each other. No one will exploit anyone because we know how hard we're working. We know the prices that um, are really, you know, giving us strain. But now if someone come and owns the, 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 the center, then waste pickers will never be developed. There won't be um, a, a just transition that you want to see if the, the centers are being owned by someone. You want the centers to be owned by, 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 by waste pickers. And another thing is um, the, 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 the hygiene and sanitation where waste pickers are working. We demand that waste pickers are given the conducive environment, uh, working environment with a hygiene and sanitation and running tap water because that will be re respecting their human dignity, making sure that those people there, they do have rights, they do have dignity. Now they need to be respected. Those are the demands that we want our local government or our government to know of. Thank you. As a civil society organization, what principles do you try to adopt when working with waste pickers? 
Um, I think the most important um, principle that we do is democratic organizing. We ensure that um, as waste speakers organize themselves, that process is done democratically and that which means that there should be gender equality. So there should be equal representation of both women and men. But also we um, take the principle of strengthening movements. So that means that, you know, having waste speakers to be linked to communities that are fighting against incinerators or the legacy of toxic dumps that they are present and then they join in in the struggle but also moving forward is that um, we do believe in um, for instance in the just transition for waste and then we see it as zero waste and we and that's why we have to ensure and we're still going to ensure that waste pickers are actually part of that integral processes and um, going forward it would be for instance looking at policy that that in South Africa, such as your integrated waste management plans, that waste pickers as part of civil society, that they are present there, they are also defining on how, for instance, those industry waste management plans should be like. And I think most importantly, we have you know, the big um, policy changes, such as your extended producer responsibility schemes. Those actually touch upon the work that waste pickers do. So we also ensure that they are parts and parcel and actually being part of the full processes of what going on. So we ensure that the movements are strengthened, they are organized democratically, and that they have active um, active and meaningful participation, especially in the policy spaces. Thanks. In your opinion, Madi, is there an incorrect way to work with waste pickers, for instance, uh, let's say if you're an external organization, researcher, or even government? Yes. There is a way, but because before I can give you my answer, where I connected the sitting right now, the closing, it might affect our recording because I have to move from here. But um, on my opinion, yes, there is an incorrect way of working with voice speakers. For an example, there are people who went to, went to the landlords Without even talking to anyone there, they will assume that those people who are there are the criminals, are the drug addicts. And then they will go back and write on their wallpapers that the people, uh, the, the life at the landfill is so bad that people are, are you know, um, are in that, in that manner. Now, we, we don't like people who work with us because like that. You, at the landfills, there are committee members, there are people who are elected as the leaders there, whom you can go there and talk to them and find out whatever that you want to know about their lives, about their work, what they're doing, how they managed to be there, how they started. By asking them, you will have the right information, not just assuming that, okay, because you see Madi is dirty, is working at waste, it's because Madi is on tracks. No. Or maybe sometimes um, you will find out that um, our government will decide that uh, this landfill is not good for people to be on this uh, uh, landfill without coming and sit down with your waste pickers and say, okay, guys, these are the risks that we saw on the landfill that we need to move you from this landfill to somewhere else. And by the way, when they come, they say, we close the landfill. They don't have the alternatives. 
to say, okay, we're closing this landfill, but you've got this alternative place that will put you to continuing uh, with your life load. They just say, okay, we're closing the landfill. Those are the ways that we as voice speakers don't think are the correct ways to work with us. They should come to sit with us around tables, tell us the risks and the disadvantage of us being there, and come up with the alternatives. Those are the things that we think um, they will be good if they can uh, uh, maybe uh, put in practice. Another thing is um, you will find out that um, the organizations will use um, the images of voice speakers to gain the attention or maybe to gain um, the recognition from government or even from civil society without the consent of voice speakers. Voice speakers don't know that their image is being used by whoever is, is using it, it for their own benefit, not for voice speakers' benefit. That is the wrong way of working with, with voice speakers. As I mentioned, we've got leaders in every landfill, in every street where there are voice speakers. Where we want people who come to us and sit with us and tell us this is what we come up with. How can we do it with you? Without taking, uh, uh, without assuming that, okay, this is what we can decide for them. No, no decision for us, but we need to sit around tables and discuss our future as people who are working there. Thank you very much. A good example, Madi, of waste pickers and civil society coming together has been the Global Plastic Treaty Negotiations. Madi, I know that last year you were part of the first session of the Intergovernmental Negotiating Committee to develop an international legally binding instrument on plastic pollution in Punta del Este, Uruguay. What have been some of the demands of waste pickers during the negotiations? Some of our demands on waste speakers during negotiations were firstly the just transition, which are defined as any plastic pollution in a way that is as fair and inclusive as possible to everyone concerned, creating decent work opportunities and leaving no one blind. Secondly, um, it's based on making visible those who are already working at the uh, stages of plastic value chain. Um, the way speakers, other workers are in informal and cooperative setting and recognizing their fundamental human dignity and their historic uh, contribution. Thirdly, thirdly is the recognizing we speakers as the key players um, to deal with plastic pollution because they are already at the floor, they are already doing the work, they are already uh, picking the plastic, they are already making sure that the plastic is getting out of the environment. Now, we just need um, 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 them to be recognized as the key players to deal with the plastic pollution. Fourthly is um, to phase out the non-recyclable plastics and the plastic which are hazardous to human health. Because um, if we say we're dealing with the plastic that is in the environment, that means if 
is the plastic that is non-recyclable that goes to the environment you know because the plastic that is recyclable like pet it's not going to an environment because waste because knows the value of it and they use it they do recycle it that is why we're saying uh, they need to phase out the plastic that is non-recyclable and the one that is uh, really uh, Go, not good for for humans uh, health that is a risk for people lastly uh, our one of our demands was the mandatory government-led taxation of producers for extended producer responsibility implementation and um, they need to make sure that uh, they implement the mandatory uh, partnership uh, of producers and waste pickers or uh, organization for EPR implementation because we want to we don't want to see at the end of the day producers saying we are the ones who are implementing the the the, the EPR whereas uh, they leave uh, waste pickers behind it should be mandatory that they need to participate they need to partnership with waste pickers organization and the taxation will be uh, mandatory led by government thank you very much asipile what is one parting message you can give civil organizations when working with waste pickers um the parting message that i would give is that one waste pickers are organizing themselves so it's how you then support that process so you're not organizing them that is very very important um and that leads to what i was i was saying earlier that you must also enhance that they practice your democratic practices of organizing and um secondly it is very important to let waste pickers you know define identify and act on their own agendas and thirdly i think as mary echoed late um earlier is that waste pickers um the way you actually see them they're actually you know they're not problematic people they're actually ordinary people like you and i the thing is now how do we work together to lead to what we call a just transition for waste being zero waste but how do we actually work together to protect and harness their livelihoods that is for me the parting message that i would like to you know give out to civil societies that are working closely um with waste pickers they're organizing for themselves let them define and act on their own agenda but also the way they are perceived ensure that they are perceived as ordinary human beings who are actually doing a very important good not just for the economy social and for society but also for the environment as well that is my parting message thank you and that brings us to the end of this episode thanks to Asapile and Maritlare for joining us during that informative discussion about how civil society organizations can work better with waste pickers we hope this was beneficial to you thank you for listening to Africa for Zero Waste podcast if you enjoy our show please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and be sure to come back next time until then my name is Sureshni Ryder Another Solid Gold Podcast.